Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus it's the Bomber Brothers Podcast with Ryan and Sean Chichester. Swung on and driven a deep left. For the line, she is gone. Aaron Judge lined one right down the line. Swung on and lined a right center field. It is a base hit. Grounding third. Scoring kind of from left off. And the Yankees win the ball game with two in the bottom of the ninth. Hit in the air to left center. It is high. It is far. It is gone. It's a grand slam. Oh, a Stantonian home run. Talking all things Yankees baseball. Good morning, everybody. A happy morning for Yankee fans. Once again, we've gotten plenty of those so far this season. Sean and Ryan back for another episode of the Bomber Brothers podcast brought to you by WFAN and Odyssey. A reminder to make sure you rate, review, and subscribe if you want to hear new episodes after every series. And they're usually a series win. The Yankees are 18-2-2 now in series so far this season. And number 18 came last night when they sealed another series win against another division rival in dramatic fashion once again. And, Sean, it was kind of a recipe that the Yankees have taken advantage of for a lot of this season. They got the expected contributions with two home runs from Judge. They got... A big-time contribution from one of their surprises in Jose Trevino. And then the back of the bullpen shut it down with King and Holmes looking looking dominant. And after trailing 3 nothing and looking like maybe the Yankees were headed for a series loss and what would have been their third loss in, in four games, instead they're walking out with, with a series win against Tampa and holding a 12-game lead in the division heading into a massive series against the Astros. 
I mean, yeah, an, an amazing road trip where you go to your two best division rivals and and on their turf, take a total of, of four games out of six, you know, two, two series wins to knock them both back um, in, in the standings from where they were when they embarked on this road trip. And it gets, you know, the Toronto series was a, a good series, but with, it left a sour taste in your mouth. And then this series is the exact opposite, where you come out of it feeling really good about um, another another comeback win. I saw Katie Sharp tweeted the Yankees are now 20 and 18 in games that they trail at any point. Is I, this Which is insane that they have a winning record in games that they're at one point or another losing. And they have tied for the most comeback wins this year. So um, just, you know, a really great game to, to cap it off. And, um, you know, the series gets started. And I know we had talked about this last episode. We, we said it was, you know, I, I was really looking for Cole to set a tone. You know, we, Yankees have had so much trouble at the trop. Um, you know, we kind of felt like they, they did a good job by coming away with the split last series. But after the, the terrible loss, and I mean, terrible is relative when you're having this good of a year. But after the tough loss... In uh, to end the Toronto series, um, Cole came out and had a no hitter going into the into the eighth inning. So just an amazing job by him to come out and set the tone right away, and and also just in a you know they Rizzo with a big home run right in the first inning to kind of set the tone for that. So that was that was an uh, an awesome game and an awesome way to get started. And just kudos to Cole because that was a that was a big boy pitching performance. I know that you know they they did uh, the bullpen did falter a bit. Um, but it was kind of fun, like right the infield single that Holmes gave up, um, a ball that kind of just squeaks down the line. But uh, overall, uh, a really fun game uh, to start the series as well. Yeah, like you mentioned, Cole was dominant. That's his. I think it's what six straight start in Tampa with ten or more strikeouts. I think was the number. He's been absolutely dominant down there at the trop, which is huge for the Yankees because up until this year, that's a place where they had widely struggled and he carried a no hitter into the eighth inning. I mean, that's the second time this season that he's flirted with a no hitter, a perfect game coming close into a towards the eighth inning. So I think it was Boone who said he's going to get it one day. And I think, I think he's certainly showing that he eventually will. Um, but yeah, I mean, it really seemed like, uh, Monday night was going to be the night. And I think what was huge about Monday is like you said, you're coming off that tough loss and with how good everyone's been feeling about the Yankees. I feel like there's also a corner of the fan base that might in a way be waiting for another shoe to drop and for things to, to go South because the Yankees have been so streaky in, in recent years. So you come off that tough loss, then you have a two nothing eighth inning lead, and all of a sudden it's a tie game. But the Yankees battle right back, and and Aaron Hicks being among the the heroes of that game. He's struggled a lot this season, but he goes two for four. He hits that big triple. So and then the Yankees scored two runs in the ninth to uh, to turn that into a four two win. So I mean, coming off of the loss that they had against the Blue Jays when when the bullpen really started to. Uh, meltdown uncharacteristically then you have a situation where Holmes shut out streak ends on like he said it was like a soft dribbler up the line sometimes that's going to happen that's baseball you get good luck and bad luck so really no no fault on Holmes there but then the Yankee offense immediately immediately picks him up and that's kind of what the Yankees have been doing all year when the when the bats aren't going the 
pitching staff and the bullpen has been picking the team up. And if the uh, pitching staff uncharacteristically falters, the bats are there. Uh, and in this case, immediately after to pick them right back up and, and get a, get a big win. And like just the, the contributions from places you don't most expect it happen to, which is what really separates, I think a great team from a good team. Like, you know, we've been on Hicks all year and and he's come alive a little bit here in June um, and has, has a monster hit. I mean, that is, you know, as, as big a hit as the Yankees have had all year, in my opinion, the, you know, it's not a must win game or anything, but it's a game that you feel like you'd really like to not give away. And, and a tie game going into extras in Tampa, I feel like we've seen that story end pretty negatively. I'm sorry, tie game going to the ninth in Tampa. We've seen that end pretty negatively in the past, but uh, Hicks comes up with the huge, uh, the huge hit gets it done. Um, and just, you know, awesome, awesome job. And then, you know, Trevino, I think followed it up with a sack fly yep. uh, to extend the lead to two, which wound up being feeling big because the, the way the game ended with the pop-up and, and, you know, Hicks there, and you could see Hicks is calling for it, but I had a, had a mini heart attack as that ball was descending through the, oh, yeah. the catwalks and those rings up there at that joke of a ballpark. Um, I, I like that Susan, I was listening to the radio for, I think it was game two, just called the place a, a travesty or something that she, she <laughs> understands that that place is a joke too. But um, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, the, the Yankees, like when you have Hicks and Trevino driving in two runs in the ninth inning in a, in a big division game, like, you know, you're getting something, especially, um, you know, you had, uh, you know, you had Rizzo hit the home run early. They score another run on an error, which they did again last night too. So Yankees taking advantage of, of shoddy defense from Tampa which is, which is huge. And, and that's, that reminds me a little bit of the 98 team where they would always take advantage. You had to make every play to beat the Yankees. And, and if you give them an opening this year, they're, they're really there. And, you know, you look at the second game, they're, you know, they're down, you know, five to two and you're kind of feeling like, well, this game's over. And, and then in the ninth, they come within five feet of tying the game. It's team just doesn't go away. Yeah, that's I think that was I think that was huge to see too. They made a game out of it. They came a few feet of tying the game and potentially forcing extra innings if Judge, who came off the bench and pinch hit in the ninth inning with two outs. I mean, if he gets just a little more barrel on that ball, that's that's a game tying home run. He flew out right to the wall in left field and the Yankees almost almost bailed out uh once again ineffective Nestor Cortez. I think in what was a really promising series win. I think the only concern that I personally would have coming out of this series is that we might, we might be seeing a slight Nestor Cortez regression. I mean, he allowed what three home runs in that start. He's now allowed five home runs in his last three starts. I mean, he's also allowed 16 hits in his last 14 innings. He has a FIP of seven in that time. And in his first 10 starts, his FIP was under two and a half. So I think, uh, I mean, and also we should also note that I feel like, I feel like most fans knew this was going to happen in some capacity. Cortez was not going to always be holding a 1.5 ERA over the course of a full season. He's been an amazing story. He's still very good. And I also think it's totally fine if he is more of a mid you know, it keeps an, an ERA in the mid to high twos. Like that's still absolutely stellar for a former 36 round pick and former outcast. So 
I think that should be kept in perspective, but it's also kind of a bummer to see that Cortez might be coming back down to earth a, a little bit, at least over his last last three starts. Well, I mean, I think, you know, there's always a regression to some sort of mean, and we we don't know where the mean is until the season's over, right? But, you know, I, I think th- there's a couple factors at play here. And, and one of those is that the, you know, Tampa Bay has seen him three times in the last month, which is going to eventually favor the hitters. They're playing in Tampa's ballpark. He pitched really well against the Rays in um, in Yankee Stadium just a week ago. The other game he had that was bad was against the, the Twins, and, and pretty much all the Yankees pitched bad that series. That was just – so I think there, there's something to be said about workload management and all of that but and also regression. So I'm not overly concerned. I think if you see another couple starts here uh, that look similar to this, you would get worried. But, um, you know – Nestor's a guy that really relies on command and you know we see it with with guys like this where if they don't have it it's not as easy for them to overpower guys so they kind of put up these clunkers but um you know I, I also think when you when you rely on deception you rely on um you know all these kind of tricks and, and things that make Nestor fun the more times you see that as an offense the easier it's going to be for you so I'm, I, I'm, you know, I'm interested to see how he does his next next time out. I think he'll be facing Houston in the last game of the series, if I'm correct. I think so right? yeah. on Sunday. So that that'll be an, like let's see how he does against a Houston offense that hasn't seen him, but is but is a really good offense. You know, playing at home that that would be really really interesting. And and coming off a, a lower pitch count, so hopefully he's he's got some rest under him, and and we're. We're ready to go here, but yeah, that that would be the one negative I would take away from this series. But also in the same game, the Yankees come back and and you know try to make it a game that you know I know Schmidt gives up the run, but but you get two innings of from Marinaccio, one inning from Litke to keep, to keep it close. So you know the Yankees tried to pick them up; they just came a couple feet short, and and you know we'll we'll go from there. But I, I would wait a little bit before getting worried about. Uh, that worried about Cortez. I think it's definitely, uh, you know, you're like, hmm, but I'm just kind of like, let's see what the next start looks like. I'm not, uh, I'm not panicking yet on, uh, on nasty Nestor. Still excited to get the nasty Nestor t-shirt. Oh yeah. That is a Friday night. Um, yeah, no, that, that's certainly sensical, I would say. And, you know, he, it sucks to see him struggling with the long ball so much, but even with the, the Harold Ramirez home run, that was a pretty good pitch. It was just a cutter that was inside. It was off the plate. It was right on the hands. I I think, you know, which could be a point to what you're saying is that the Rays have just seen him so much that Ramirez was just sitting on it to the point where he could just get his hands in and pull that out of the park. I mean, you're only hitting a cutter that inside for a home run if you're sitting on it, which could be, the fact that the Rays have seen him so frequently recently, or just the fact that Cortez is now an established starter in the league and people are getting onto his tendencies and realizing that he throws that cutter, but 45% of the time, I think it's, is the figure somewhere around there. So you can sit on it sometimes, but um, yeah, I'm certainly by no means saying that this is the end of the feel good Cortez story. Again, if Cortez pitches to it, ERA close to you know Montgomery's right now in, in the high twos. That's still a phenomenal season, one of the best stories in baseball, and he's still an all-star. So I I'm not expecting him to continue to put up, you know, this Shane McClanahan type one point 
5, 1.6 ERA, but I still think Cortez is going to be really, really good. And hopefully after, like you said, hopefully getting back back home against a team that hasn't really seen him too extensively yet, he'll he'll get back on track and and turn in a good start. Yeah, and I think, you know, there, there's something to be said, too, for how many games the Yankees have played. The Yankees haven't had the opportunities, really, to to give their rotation that extra day of rest in, in June. But in July, I think they have almost every Monday off in, in the entire month of July. Yeah, including 4th of July, which yeah, is so weird. That stinks. But, um, but yeah, they... Um, so I think the the whole get a little more rest baked in period. And, um, you know, it could be like, look, Paredes, he, he didn't just do damage against, um, against Nestor. He, he did damage yesterday too. And, you know, Ramirez had a, had a good, he might just be running into a couple hot hitters here. And, uh, that, that, are, that, like we said, are, are picking up on, on their tendencies. And if you're like a hair off with your control, when you rely on control more than anything and deception, then you're going to, you're going to get hit. So let's see, you know, as, as he rolls through maybe a couple different teams here that he hasn't seen as many times if he, uh, if he kind of, and the Yankees won't see the Rays again for a while. So, you know, we'll see, we'll see what it looks like down, down the road. And, you know, um, you know, I know Yankee fans, but I, I know at least one of them texted me like what the F is going on yesterday <laughs> after, after uh, uh, Montgomery had given up three runs there in the, in the second inning. But I mean, this is just going to happen. Like, right. Like not every Yankee is going to pitch to a 2.0 or lower ERA. They're going to have tough starts, but you know, like N- Nestor couldn't really give them the length in game two, but Montgomery did a great job. I thought of settling down and, and getting through six innings, um, giving up four runs, which, you know, I, I know you say, Oh, six, you know, four, four runs in six innings and nine hits. That doesn't sound like a great start, but I thought it was really big considering how much, um, you know, what had happened the, the night before with Nestor really held the Yankees in the game and he leaves there and they're only down. Um, what was it? Uh, four to four to two when he exits the game. So he really helped keep it close. And, you know, the Yankees, I think that really helped pick them up and, and allow them to get back in the game there. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Oh, yeah, that was that was huge by Montgomery. I mean, we've seen I've, I don't know why this just popped in my head, but the, maybe because Houston's coming to town again. But you think about something like the game five of the 2019 ALCS when, when we were there and you realize the importance of jumping on a pitcher early before they settle into a game. I mean, the Yankees get to Verlander in that game and they don't have a shred of offense the rest of the game, but because they jumped on him and took advantage when he was at his most ineffective before he settled down, that decided the game. So Montgomery clearly didn't have it early, but he settled in nice. I think the fact that he even gave them six innings was was pretty remarkable. So yeah, a great job by, by Montgomery. That's the epitome of grinding through six innings and helping to save the bullpen a little bit when, when you're not at your best. So I no, definitely huge, huge props to Montgomery. And before we move on to the series finale, I also wanted to give a shout out to Marwan Gonzalez. He had that uh, big home run in the ninth inning in game two. I think it was, I think it was John boy. I can't remember who tweeted it, but um Someone tweeted how when when Marwin has at least three plate appearances in a game, he's posting a OPS plus of somewhere around like one ten or one fifteen. So he he's actually been 
really good when when called upon to fill in for a start and we know about his defensive versatility so just wanted to just wanted to give a shout out to Marwin because he's he's been huge as a guy off the bench and a utility player I mean can't can't ask for for much more from a guy who knows he's not going to play every day and it's probably hard to stay fresh when you're not getting regular at bats but in any game that he does get multiple at bats he seems to contribute in some way yeah, no, he's been, uh, he's another one of those guys, you know, we said Hicks, Trevino, which I know we're going to probably get to in a minute here, but Marwin's been, been awesome. He's come, he's, you know, made some good plays in, in the outfield and, and caught some big hits. I mean, you know, he, he played, got some big hits in the Toronto series. So Ben, he's been awesome. And what's crazy. I saw after the, they lost, you know, Yankee fans freaked out to lose their 18th game of the year when they've already won 50. Oh, yeah. 12 of the 12 of the 18 losses are by one or two runs. That's uh, Sweeney had tweeted that out. That that's crazy. Yeah. Like they, and, they, le- they legitimately like are one or two runs away per, from having six losses like that. That's insane. Yeah. There's, there's a reason their run differential is like 60 runs better than the next highest team. They are beating up opponents. And when they lose, they're always in a game. It's, it's been it's been remarkable. And yeah, they lost this one run game in game two of this series, but they also have what is it, the I think the second best record in the league in one run games. I think I think the Padres might be first. Um, but yeah, they're among the league leaders in one run games. They they show they're able to to win these close games and they almost stole one on on Tuesday night. So I I don't know. I, I aside from aside from the initial deflation of judges fly out not getting over the wall when you thought it might have a chance like that was pretty much it for me there was that and like oh man like I hope Cortez can bounce back but other than that I don't know how you watch that game and think think oh like this is this is what's going to doom this is what's going to doom us in the playoffs or oh this is like a sign of things starting starting to come apart I know there are some fans who are just wired the wired to be negative and if that's a product of recent years of early playoff exits then I understand but I think we I mean we're we're about 45 percent of the way through a season that's enough of a sample size to realize that this is a different team than than those years and sure enough they bounce back with a huge comeback win last night yeah I mean last night you go into the game and they're down you know three nothing and then they cut it to three one and all of a sudden it becomes four one again and you're just you know you're I mean, me, I'm like, all right, whatever. They're playing in Tampa. They already won a game this series. And, you know, it's the fourth inning. We got plenty of time left and we have Aaron Judge and they don't. Um, and sure enough, that comes up big later when he hit the ball about 900 feet air. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, Judge hits two home runs to keep the Yankees kind of in the game and, and they, or, or, you know, get them close again. And the Rays defense again, Choi can't pick a ball and it leads to a run. Um, you know, uh, it makes me appreciate Luke Voigt. Um, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I was about to say he would have dropped it, that too. <laughs> it makes me appreciate Rizzo more. And I, what I was what I was going to say is I I really really like Luke Voigt. Um, I, I I miss watching him play, but I don't miss watching him play first base. And I really appreciate having Rizzo over there because we've seen um, first basemen have trouble with some of these balls throughout the year that the Yankees have taken advantage of, and that kind of helps them get you know within one run. And then all of a sudden you get to the eighth inning, and um, you know, Trevino hits the two-run homer with uh, IKF going after a leadoff walk by IKF, which, you know, good on him for having the patience there. 
And, and that was, that was, or was it a leadoff walk? I can't remember. Yeah. But, it was a leadoff yeah. Walk. but I mean, good on them. And then Trevino who has, I think, tw- I think I saw Katie Sharp tweet out Trevino has 12 defensive runs saved. The next highest catcher has eight. And then he's, he's also doing it with the bat. I mean, what a great story. I think he, for me, he's easily, I mean, I, I, the, the Velasquez story was nice, but he really didn't perform at a super high level last year over, over the, like he came up and it was, it was really fun, but you know, Trevino now we're, we're sitting here getting close to July and, and he's been doing it all year. He's getting hit, getting big, big hits, big home runs. And uh, you know, he's, he's the best defensive catcher in baseball. What, what a great story. And uh, you know, he contributes the great story and it parlays it into a great win. I mean, that was, you know, that was one of the best wins of the season last night, in my opinion, to take a series in Tampa uh, to to seal off a really fun road trip. Yeah, and you mentioned talking about Trevino. I think it's also fitting to remind everyone that the Yankees just got Albert Abreu back because he had been um, he had been packaged in the trade for Trevino. Then he was sent to the Royals where he was DFA'd and the Yankees just picked him up. So they got him back for nothing. So now the Yankees, the Trevino trade was now only for seventh round draft pick, Robbie Alstrom for Jose Trevino. And Robbie Alstrom is 23 years old. He has a four ERA and a ball right now. So that's all the Yankees had to give up for who you can argue should be the all-star catcher. I know right there. I know Alejandro Kirk is having a fantastic offensive year over in Toronto. That's been another really cool story. But like you said, catcher. I mean, this is just my opinion. I mean, especially at a position like catcher where like where defense is is so huge, we don't have an automated ball strike zone yet. So framing is massively important and defense is massively important. So when you have a guy like Trevino, whose offensive numbers are are all there for all-star status, and then you factor in his league leading defense, I think he should be behind the plate starting starting the all-star game for the American League at, at this point. Maybe that's bias. I don't know. But, I mean, you have the best defensive catcher in the league who's also putting up what you could say overall the second best offensive numbers in the league. I mean, to me, that's to me that's an all-star right there. And it was Boone yesterday who campaigned for him and said he should be in the all-star game. But I would take it a step further and say he should be starting it. Yeah, I mean, he'll definitely in my unless something crazy happens, he's definitely going to be in the All Star game. I mean, he's the best defensive catcher in the league, and he's got an eight seventeen OPS. Like, that's awesome. I mean, and he's great story too. Just dude, that All Star game's supposed to be fun. Put him in there. It's going to yeah. be, uh, but and he deserves it, not just because it's a nice story. Um, and but I mean, uh, over overall, like you think about the whole game, and and this is like what I've been talking about. Like your big dude judge hits two dingers. They take advantage of, a, of, of an opportunity and they get contributions from a place you don't expect it. That is, and you get, you get really good relief of performances, a gutty starting pitching performance. That's a recipe for wins. That's a recipe as Yankee fans, we saw in the late nineties and the early two thousands, like this team reminds me so much of that. It's, it's so exciting. And, and yesterday is just the, the exact like kind of game plan, like you don't want it to happen, but like, it's the games where you're like, this team is different. That's right. And Matt Carpenter also had a hit that wasn't a home run. Just want to throw that out there. That's that was blasphemous. <laughs> um, but back to Trevino for a second, I was reading, it was a um, pretty insightful story on views from 314 feet. That was, that's 
used to be uh, River Avenue Blues, pretty well-known Yankee blog. I don't know if you saw this, but they they just did um, basically like a time-lapse photo of Trevino when he was on Texas, then Trevino in the first week of the season this year, and then Trevino now. And like his stance has gradually opened up in each of in each of those um, time captions, I guess you could say. And I didn't I didn't notice it at all, but looking at those photos, it's pretty, pretty blatant that he's really opened his stance up and it's uh, made him just way more balanced at the plate. And then they, they like retweeted it as soon as he hit the home run last night. And it just made me realize like, man, like on a, on a slider like that, where he's able to keep his balance like that, even if he might've initially been trying to bite at a fastball and just to be able to still turn on that and hit it out of the, out of the ballpark. Like that's, that's huge. I mean, it's, it's just fascinating to be with baseball, how you have a guy like Stan who will gradually, gradually close off his stance to, to improve at the plate. And then sometimes guys need to open it to get, to get more balance. It's just all about their tendencies. So is Trevino going to always produce like this? Probably not, but he, uh, you could still make the argument that Dylan Lawson, the Yankees hitting coach, had enough time. What was it about a month and a half? Because it was really mid-May when Trevino took off. So you could say he had a month and a half to kind of observe Trevino and give him some tweaks. And now, now he's hitting a lot better. So maybe he won't, you know, maybe he won't have an 800 OPS all season. But I'm, I don't think it's unfair to assume that he'll be considerably better overall than he was offensively with the Rangers when he was, you know, putting up. Higgy type offensive numbers. I mean, it, it reminds me a lot of uh, honestly, our friend Gio Urshela. Like, comes over just with a defensive reputation, and then he comes up and he starts to hit, and you're like, okay, this is a nice little fluke week, and then it turns into more than that. And you know, I know by the end, Urshela really wasn't what he was in 2019 in terms of offensive performance, but um, you know, it's been it's been really fun to watch and and. You know, it's it's uh, you know it's a testament to the Yankees scouting and 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 Cashman and and then their coaching staff to be able to get the the most out of a player and and have him make those adjustments like you're saying, opening up the stands, having more balance, seeing the ball a little bit better. Yeah, that that is my All Star Game starter. I also have one more quick All Star gripe. I mean, honestly, in, in the grand scheme of things, who cares? But they released the first uh, update on ballot voting. And Altuve is the leading vote getter at second base. When you have Glaber Torres, who has a high, more home runs, higher slugging percentage, um, and, a, and a considerably higher defensive run save too, so he's been way better in the field than Altuve. Let's let's get Glaber some more votes. I mean, he's he's having a fantastic season. That's why I mean, these are just fan votes. I, I know, but still. But, the Yankee you know, fan base is nationwide. Like that, we should be able to get Torres a an All Star Game star. Yeah, he might be splitting the vote with Lemayhu. You never know. That's true. Yeah. All right. Well, on to this big, big series with Houston. This is the first time the Yankees are going to see the Astros this season, and the first time since we had the back and forth between Cashman and Astros owner uh, Jim Crane when Cashman had said that. Uh, the Yankees haven't been to a World Series because of something so, quote-unquote, illegal and horrific. So 
Uh, and before we get into this series preview, don't forget to uh, rate, review, and subscribe to the Bomber Brothers podcast. We do series previews twice a week every time we're here, right after we recap a series. So, Sean, I'd say this is, uh, at least to me, this feels like the biggest series of the year. I think these are the two clear-cut best teams in the American League. And it gets started with a with a doozy right off the bat tonight. You've got Framber Valdez against Tyone, and both of them coming in with sub three ERAs. It's it should be a good one right off the bat. Yeah, I'm th- last last season the Astros series took on to me what Yank Sox used to be, where I'm just sweating out every pitch and and really into it and really nervous. And uh, you know, it's personal. They 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 took something from us, in my opinion, that we deserved in terms of trips to the world series. Um, and you know, we, we don't need to litigate that all again, but for me, um, these series are always more intense and and you start off with a really exciting game in Tyone versus Valdez in, in game one. And then game two, you have Seve versus Verlander. So like, that's kind of like the two guys that have been with the teams for a while through it all. That's going to be really, really exciting. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty excited for, for this series. Uh, and I also think this is, I mean, in my opinion, until they get to the subway series against the Mets, this is the last test to me, the Yankees face where anybody can learn anything new. Like, and I don't even think even if they just split the series or even if they go one, I'm, I'm not going to really come away too disappointed. I want to take this series for, for personal reasons, but, um, you know, I, to me, this is, the, this is the, this is the last good team that anybody can throw at the Yankees, right? Because they're, there's nobody else in the American. The Yankees have handled the Blue Jays. They've handled the Rays. They handled the Twins. They they've handled the Guardians. They've they've handled every team that's even sniffing around playoff position really well. I guess the White Sox is the only, but that was kind of like a funky thing with the doubleheader. So, to me, this is like the last series where it's like anybody can say anything about this team. After after this, you know, we've we've beaten everybody. Yeah, I think you can make the argument that it'll be interesting to see them face Boston next time because they look like a completely different team now than they did when they got off to that 10 and 19 start. I mean, the you know Red Sox are, what, one game away from being in second place in the division? Not that that means anybody's close to the Yankees, but they are certainly playing like a, a different team now. But no, I agree. I mean, this is, I think these are the, the two obvious best teams in the American league. I think a lot of people at this point, at least would expect this to be a clear cut ALCS matchup, which would you know be the third time in the last five years that they've met in the ALCS. So it would just add even more juice to this rivalry. But yeah, like you said, this, I mean, I think these games against the Astros, at least in recent years have been feeling even more intense than the Yankee Red Sox rivalry. And that's, you know, that's saying something because while, while we have the whole, you know, cheating and them, them standing in the way of the Yankees in 2017 and kind of, you know, in a way robbing, robbing the Yankees of their, of a world series appearance. And what my opinion was the most fun Yankee season up until now in, in recent years, but that's still saying something because the Yankees have faced the Red Sox twice in the postseason since 2018, but it still feels like these ones are, are more intense. There's certainly um, a lot of disdain between the two teams. It's reached the front offices with the Cashman crane spat before, before the season. So the Yankees clearly haven't forgotten about it. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to hopefully four intense, hard fought games, hope, hopefully a Yankee series win. But like you said, I mean, 
Astros are a good team. Yankees are coming off a pretty demanding stretch. And I think a series split is something I'd be totally fine with, but also it's the Astros. I don't like them. And let's, let's get a series win. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that they come here and, and really take care of business uh, against Houston because I think last season when Stanton hit that home run in the first inning of the first game against them, that was, that was great. Like that was, I mean, I got up off the couch for that. Like that was, that was awesome. And I'm really fired up for this. I've been looking forward to this series. I'm actually going Friday night. Um, so I think it's sold out Friday night too. I, I think the rest of the fan base is really excited and uh, you know, we'll see. I, I hope the Yankees are, are able to pull it out and, you know, the, the two matchups in the start of the series are really toss-ups. And then I think, you know, you have Cole going Saturday and then we'll kind of more interesting to see what Nestor's bounce back looks like on Sunday. So both teams are playing really good ball too. The Astros are seven and three in their last 10. The Yanks are eight and two. So we'll, we'll see what happens, but um, you know, that's uh, it's, it's scary uh, watching Alvarez hit. That's, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, he mashed two more home runs against the Mets yesterday, and they completely dismantled the Mets in in that series. Alvarez has 21 home runs on the season now. That's tied for second in the league. Obviously, Judge is the leader, so you get that lefty power back coming to Yankee Stadium. That's obviously enough enough to make you nervous. He's just one of those guys where you just hope he comes up with the bases empty. At least that's how I feel. Same way when, like, Vlad Jr. comes up when the Yankees are playing the Blue Jays. I'm like, just – get him up with two outs and nobody on and, and hopefully minimize the damage that seems inevitable to come. But yeah, I mean, Houston has a, a high powered offense Al Altuve is not really exactly what he was earlier in his career. And I still think Torres should be starting over him, but he's still, he still obviously has a good bad. You've still got Bregman over there, Brantley. And you mentioned, you mentioned and back to pitching Verlander in game two, he got knocked around by, by the white Sox in his, in his last start, got beat up real bad. He gave up four earned runs and nine hits and three and two third. And he still has a whip of 0.89. That's, I mean, he's been having a phenomenal year aside from, aside from that last start, which is pretty remarkable at 39 years old and a Tommy John surgery, not too, too far behind him, but that should be a good pitching matchup. That that's an awesome game that you get to go to is Verlander Severino. That's, that's going to be really cool. And then you have Christian Javier against Cole in game three. You could make the argument that that's slanted in, in the Yankees favor. And then it seems like the Yankees have the, uh, the pitching advantage in the finale as well. So it's, it's, I mean, it's it's going to be a hard-fought series. We we know that much, and I think both teams are going to be battling to show who is the top dog in the American League. Obviously, the Yankees have a considerably better record, but four games against against each other should be enough to show just how these teams stack up. Yeah, I, I'm really excited to see how it goes, and um, you know, like like I said, this is kind of like to me like the last the last mile post to see how this team stacks up against everybody. I know Boston's crept back into it, but what the Yankees have a tendency of doing is taking teams that are creeping back into it and then beating them down, whether it be the Blue Jays and, and the Rays. So, um, yeah, but I, I'm I'm super excited for this series, and um, I'm I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take Stanton for my for my belt winner. He's had some big performances against uh, the Astros, um, so I'm, I'm gonna go with, with John Carlo. 
I am going to go with Matt Carpenter. He's going to have a couple big, big home runs and in, in some big spots. That's going to be my pick. Nice. I don't know who to give it to last series. It was kind of like a team effort, but I guess we can go with, uh, I don't know. You want to go with Trevino? Yeah, that that works. All right. So congrats to Trevino. And uh, we'll be back on Monday to talk about this big series. Enjoy the weekend, everybody. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe, and we'll talk soon. Let's go, Yanks.